Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to the Loud Women Podcast. This is Marissa Emanuel. I am here, as always, with my friend, Miss Tookie Kavanaugh. We are here breaking down every single episode of Shrill on Hulu. Uh, We are recapping, talking about all our hot takes, all our lukewarm takes, uh, all our cold takes. You get them all. Uh, And we are are so excited to be here with you today, talking about episode five, Wahame. Oh, no, wait. Episode six. Am I an episode it, behind every time, Tucky? Is that what's <laughs> happening right now? Yeah, this is episode six. I am. It's episode guys, six. I can't okay. get my act together. It's fine. It's episode six. It is the Waham episode of this show. Waham. 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 I don't know. Either way, I don't like it. So hot takes, lukewarm takes, and uh, I think I've been allowed one problematic take per You get one episode? problematic take per episode, and if it's too problematic, Yay. I just edit it out. And you just <laughs> you just never know. I just quietly edit it out. <laughs> so you get all the good stuff, guys. So we are here uh, talking about Waham, episode six. You're right. I need to update my notes, guys. Um, this episode... You know, we uh, Tookie watched it before I did, and she's like, "You're gonna, you're gonna have opinions about this one," and I do, guys, I do. So I'm really excited to talk about the world of capital of capitalist feminism and taking advantage of women's insecurity and in the name of in the name of being a feminist. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Tookie, did you like this episode? Oh boy, uh, it it was a lot. It was a lot. Okay, so I'm one of those crazy people who. Uh, tries to see the good and bad in everything, even if, well, okay, I see, I see the BS in everything, right? Uh, but I try and at least find some silver linings. And for me, it's like, uh, I, I see, I'm, I'm a very much a burn it all down person <laughs> when it comes to capitalism, but I see some benefits like, oh, well, it, you know, gave us smartphones. Uh, so that's a thing. <laughs> that's true. We are not right. on this podcast advocating burning down the entire system. Let us have right. our phones. Right. Uh, but you know, I, I have said before to people like, Hey, I hope we, I hope society evolves to a place where such that, um, socialism isn't a dirty word cause it's, it, it can function. It's, it can happen. Right. Uh, and so this episode triggered a lot of the burn it down feelings mm. I have about capitalism, especially when it comes to um, monetizing people's existence as a woman. And that includes both um, cis and non-binary and sometimes female identifying and trans, of course, like throughout the, the whole uh, non-dude spectrum of things yeah. monetizing monetizing not maleness exactly about that? so i think we'll we'll get into the the nitty-gritty on this as we go through the episode but who they had a lot to say <laughs> in this episode and uh i was i was here to hear it so we start out this episode with annie and ryan in the car together he is driving her to waham uh my first instinct in this moment where she's you know she's really stressed out she's running late and I'm like, all right, let's see how Ryan handles this. You know, we're fresh off the Lamar stuff. We're fresh off of like this, this incredible man just sort of putting himself out there for her. And Ryan is trying to talk her out of this incredible career opportunity because he wants to <laughs> hang out with her. The fact that his instinct is 
you're nervous. Oh, let's just not do it. This is the mm. moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, no, Ryan is completely still a child. He is completely incapable of being a partner. It just hurts me that Ryan and Lamar are just day and night. And don't make anything out of that. Don't be a bigot. <laughs> but like they're, you know, it's just, oh, God, she could have so much more with Lamar and it hurts. <laughs> right. So I'm sure for, you know, for those of you guys that are listening to all the episodes, you know, we're taking a little bit of a break in between each to, you know, process our feelings. But I imagine if you're binge watching this show, as most people are, and you finish up that episode with, you know, her saying goodbye to Lamar in the parking lot with Fran's family and then go straight into this, it's jarring. And it's like, what are you doing? And this sort of, for me, set a little bit of a a little bit of a tone for the for the episode and just some of like Annie's choices but I can I'll get into that a little bit more later but mm. in the car they're talking about oh sorry last thing on that is I felt I felt that when he encouraged her when he was like yeah let's just not go let's just skip it that for me wasn't just he's an idiot it was like the biggest red flag that we've ever seen from Ryan because not only is he like dumb he's actively interfering with her development and growth and from a career perspective and a personal perspective it was like you're not just not good you're actively harmful and so for me that was like that was the worst ryan moment i think we've seen so far that is it was write it down that's it worst ryan moment red flag red throw rug red sheets red (laughs) curtains red afghan if you're fancy like just everything so bad and um i like that when annie told him hey maybe it's time to get a job it was like the first time anyone had ever suggested that to him he was like oh yeah maybe i should get a job like it hadn't dawned on him before to to get a job the look on his face so i have to give so much credit i hate the character but i give so much credit to the actor luca jones shout out to you uh because it takes us it's a you know it really takes a special kind of actor to portray that level of stupid. You have to be really smart and really good at what you do to portray that level of stupid. And I I think of performances such as Josh Chan from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or Jason Mendoza Mm. from The Good Place, right? Like it's a special kind of actor who can pull off that kind of stupid. It's so true. And it's, those two characters are also a great example of this, as is Luca Jones of the nuance between being stupid and being kind of an asshole but also having this likable quality still too like somehow they all three of those guys like walk this line of being terrible but you still kind of like them right and you know i think we need to have a moment of appreciation for luca jones we shit on his character a lot and you know what we kind of shit on his physical appearance a lot too luca jones you're a great looking guy very attractive i'm sorry we shit on you so much on this podcast but you're an incredible actor and um yeah no disrespect to him in real life, but like, whoa, way to method, way to Joaquin Phoenix mm. into this role, just the method of it, right? Because it's like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, like when he, when he un, I don't know, unslouches and undoes whatever it is to his body to transform into the character, like Gabrielle Sidibe, for example, with Precious, she's like, I hold my mouth differently, I posture differently. I'm like that. Oh, the acting, the craft, the flavor, right? So when he undoes that, when he, when he morphs out of the Ryan character uh i'd let him you know i'd let him take me to popeye's get a sandwich oh right 100 percent. oh yeah for sure um yeah so you know all respect all respect to luca jones just a little we only got a little a little bit of him this episode which honestly i'm good That's with enough. a little bit of break that was <laughs> enough it was just a tiny little little sprinkling of salt on it it's all i needed so that was it on their their drive to work ryan missed the turn classic 
So we see Annie walking into the conference center and uh, we see Vanessa Bayer's in this show, which another 80s bringing in all the SNL people. Love it. Very excited. All the strong women from yes. SNL. All the really, I mean, okay, all the, you got to be really something special to be a female cast member on SNL already because, you know, well, you got to work twice as hard as the men folk. So you got to be twice as funny to be noticed. So I'm really glad she's pulling in so many women and just, just, just putting all the talent out there she Love is it. it's true and vanessa bayer i feel like we haven't seen too much of since she's been off of snl which is definitely a loss because she's phenomenal and um she's honestly this role is one of my favorite things i've seen her do um this is very different than anything i've seen her do before so i really i really enjoyed it so um earlier i alluded to like annie's just making a bunch of bad choices at the beginning of this episode she's super late which first of all if you're like this is the biggest interview of your career show the fuck up get there i don't know show go early so if you miss a turn that you're like i just don't have a lot of sympathy in this scene i'm like annie you are very very bad at your job at the end of the episode i turn things around but i tend to be very harsh on annie professionally they're making a point to write her as kind of a shitty employee she's late she missed her interview like her one interview slot and she was like shocked about it she's like oh, it wasn't i missed it and it's like yeah this is your job show up on time and uh just like take ownership she wasn't taking ownership and so i think i'm i'm shitting on her a little bit but it's to prove a point that like i think they're writing her as an intentionally intentionally flawed like she is it's it's hard to root for her sometimes okay so like two observations right there real quick one i believe that is the spirit of um uh ryan's yuck through osmosis dick (laughs) that that just transfer that that just transferred onto her to make these yucky choices. Can, can we stop on that for a moment? I think that that's very accurate, and I think this is why his comments in the car were such a red flag to me. Is because I do think there's something to be said for like your partner bringing out the best or worst in you. And if there have been times in my life where I've been with people that are not super ambitious or are lazy or and like that rubs off on you, even if you don't realize it, where you start to sort of take on when you spend so much time with somebody, you take on their traits, and so. I know you're being a little sarcastic, but I think you're completely right that, like, he's a bad influence on her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two, I've been getting into, like, I don't know why, uh, but I've been getting weirdly into horoscope Twitter, and I feel like that rant was a little Virgo of you, no? Ooh! It probably is. That is, I'm not, I'm not super into horoscopes, <laughs> but... Um, the only time people bring it up around me is when they're weaponizing it. <laughs> like they're like, "You're being such I, a Virgo right now," and I'm like, mm, I "That prom- tracks." <laughs> I promise it's not. Beyonce is a Virgo. I know she is actually. That's that was always like when I would read like Seventeen magazine as a kid. They'd be like, "Who else is your sign?" I'd be like, "Beyonce." Me and Beyonce have so much in common. <laughs> no, I but I tried. I, I don't have a sign but that's neither here nor there uh don't make that face all right we'll revisit this later i don't i don't know enough about horoscopes to challenge you but factually that seems incorrect (laughs) that you don't have a sign i'm a weird cusp i'm like in the taint between two and it's terrible Ooh, spicy i know all right so annie is back she's at the conference she is trying to pull her own weight but not doing not doing a great job um, she got so lucky. This is the end of my Virgo rant, maybe for right now. But she just got very lucky with like even getting that sit down. And I was very annoyed that she like made it seem like it was everyone else's fault but hers. I was like, honey, that was your fault. Like, I'm sorry. Show up. Anyway, I was late for 15 minutes to record this podcast, so I shouldn't talk. But <laughs> things happen. Okay, but but back to choices. 
And I, I really, I really want our listeners to also uh, decide via the tone of this question, right? Uh, her blouse, a choice or a choice? Yeah. And that was, well, okay. So the, the part where um, ja- Jacqueline, J- Vanessa Bayer's character, um, mm. Justine, excuse me. The moment that Justine said, oh, well, they sat down together and Justine says, well, I was, I was sold on you from the beginning because I liked your blouse. I made note of that because <laughs> that read to me as so like fake because you're right. Like I think that blouse was a, cho- that was maybe the one p- item that I've ever seen this character wear that I was not interested in for myself. Mm. So like not, not so much a choice, but a choice. A choice. And so it felt like that moment, that like iconic from that iconic moment from Mean Girls where uh, Regina George compliments the girl's skirt. And then she's like, that skirt's so fugly. As soon as she walks away, that's exactly what it felt like. I was like, oh, you are definitely saying something mean as soon as she walks away. Oh, also just saw the Mean Girls musical. What a time. Thumbs up. They updated. They thumbs up. They updated it so that it feels very current. It's up to 2019 at least. Mm. So they talk about like social media and um, yeah, yeah. So if it's in your town, splurge a little. Treat yourself if you're a fan. Mm, Tookie approved. So another moment from this uh, conversation was when, and this is, I'm really curious to hear what you think about this, Tookie. Is uh, Annie refers to herself as fat and. and Mm. Justine goes, oh my God, like, I just, I love how you say that and is blown away by this idea of Annie using the word fat to describe herself. Mm. So I'm, I'm, um, I've always been averse to using it because it's been used against me in such a, a violent way. I don't know what other word to use, but it's been, it's been said to me, I've been called fat before millions of times in my life at this point, um, in a way such that it's, it, you know, there's anger and hatred underneath it. It's like, you are unacceptable because you are this. So I'm always, I've said like a thousand times in episodes prior where I like, I'm always careful of, skirting around that word especially when describing someone else's body because I've also been in the situation where someone who is smaller more petite than I am has been like I'm so fat and I've been like what the fuck am I bitch Mm -hmm. right so so again it's not a word that I use uh and then of course I'm I'm gonna just come out and say it I'm still salty almost a year later that uh some angry white woman what so angry, uh, decided that, uh, my experience isn't valid. Right. Um, I'm just really tired of people feeling entitled to rob women of color, especially of their experiences and feelings. Mm. Anyway, before I get too sidetracked. So I, I guess I don't mind if other, I don't mind at this point because this show is using the word in a way such that fat is empowering if you use it on yourself because I've again because I have um such a testy relationship with the word that anytime I hear somebody else call themselves fat I'm like no no you're not it's such a nuanced thing too because I'm now I think you and I sit a little bit differently where I'm I'm starting to become comfortable using it as a descriptor when necessary like Mm. some people are 
in a different place on that than I am. And I'm like full support of what, whatever makes sense for you. For me, I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm like a little bit fat, like that's fine. But then there's also the flip of that when somebody, you know, I know I have a lot of people in my life who are like this, where they'll say it as like fishing for a compliment or making themselves mm. Like you, they're clearly beating up on themselves when they're like, oh, well, I can't eat that because I'm so fat. Like I would, I, that's not when it's, especially in conjunction with diet culture and stuff. Anyway, I think we, yes. this will continue to come up time and time again. And we'll get back to this later in the episode. But I was, when I, when I heard that little snippet of a conversation between the two of them, I was like, oh, wonder what Tookie thinks. It's really, it's really one of those things where it's like, that's, ugh, I, and don't compare it to another word. Okay, it's Black History Month. Don't be that person. But I'm saying it's her. It's Annie's word, not Jessica's, right? It's her or what's, what's the character's name? Sorry. Um, uh, uh, Justine. Justine. What? <laughs> anyway, so it, it's Annie's word mm-hmm. to use, right? It's it, so I, it feels wrong. Yeah. It feels right just for another person who is a straight size to 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 tell another person yeah you are fat go girl mm-hmm. like it, that just feels ugh, it feels weird it feels weird exactly so i thought that was interesting and and the way that she explained it to justine it was like even in that moment i was like oh this isn't a nuanced enough discussion this is gonna this is not clearly she is not fully processing this so moving on from that they you know it was time for her to ask her one question because again virgo me is over here like you only have two minutes. Stop chit-chatting about your blouse. Ask a question. Anyway, so the guy comes over, <laughs> last question. Annie asks actually a really good question at this moment. I'm like, okay, Annie, this is why you have a good job. You're good at your job. She's asking about the price point of the event and how that's truly inclusive if it is a $300 event. And you immediately see Justine's back tense up and get really, get really tightened up and um she says oh well you know we have sponsorships for low low income women and quote we've got that all figured out and i was just like no no you don't (laughs) yes great acting on vanessa bayer parts uh vanessa bayer's part honestly because like she nailed the slimy pseudo feminist i can't stand who like randomly shows up in your instagram dms to try and sell you on an mlm all disrespect to lula Rowe. oh my god you're right she does have big mlm energy that's a, actually this whole thing has very like mlm vibes to it like for those for multi-level marketing those those types of companies where it's a basically a pyramid scheme is what we're talking about so she definitely you has know that, that vibe. yeah mlm okay prime example you know that one mouth breather boy who sat in like the back corner of uh bio and no one wanted to be partnered with him and then one day out of nowhere it's like been 12 years and he just casually shows up in your facebook inbox and he's like oh i heard your i heard your grandpa died i'm so sorry you know these essential oils can help you (laughs) with your grieving or um that one kid who took uh econ because who took econ in high school except for that one kid who will eventually (laughs) sell you herbalife right that's that person that's this this whole thing yes that is this whole thing um the and then the the best was the button on that when when the interview wrapped up and annie asked if she could talk to one of the women who got a sponsorship oh she couldn't make it because she couldn't get off work i'm like that's Mm. the whole that's the whole thing that's right there that is the whole thing that you have put your finger on it 
this version of feminism is inaccessible to low income people or people who do not have the time. Like this is not an accessible version of feminism. Meaning this isn't like, Oh, yes. No, no, no. I, I feel that it's, it's, it's not feminism. It's yucky. Um, it's pink washed capitalism. Ooh, pink washed capitalism. I'm going to write that down. It's a good episode title. Uh, so, we then see Annie go through the vendor area. Now, I'm not going to throw too much shade, but I'm going to throw a small amount of shade. There oh, is oh, you know, you 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 throw the small amount, and I'll throw all the disrespect. <laughs> there is an event that is for women. That is a very large event that is local to where you and I live. Um, I went to it for the first time this year, and there are some great speakers, like really, really inspiring people, fantastic fantastic talks but in order to get to those talks you had to walk through this trade show floor that was literally identical to what we're talking about here like this is they're selling you products they are they are capitalizing on your insecurities and they are take and it is not again there's more to it and we're going to keep unpacking it over the episode so please forgive me if i'm if i'm not articulating myself as well as i can i have a larger point that i think we're going to get to throughout the episode but it feels so yucky to be walking into a room that is supposed to be empowering you and everywhere you turn, the messaging is, you are not good enough. Give me your money and I will make you better. Those two things feel like they need to be very separate. And I understand as a business, like you're running a conference, you have to make money, but it is it feels incredibly predatory to pull people in to get inspired uh, and then be capitalizing on their flaws and insecurities so all that to say annie then gets to apply makeup for her legs not fully consensually Mm. she gets makeup on her legs um which i thought was a very very funny example of this which i feel like we're entering into this time of reality where every time you open the internet there's something new you're supposed to be self-conscious about that you didn't know you're supposed to be self-conscious about and you're like oh that's okay and um i do think that the makeup for legs thing is an actual kim kardashian product uh, actually, Sally Hansen uh, sells uh, pantyhose in a can. <laughs> mm, and that's probably been around for a while, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the one time I got it. It's a long story. Don't Google it. I uh, I got uh, put into it wasn't really a choice. I got put into a pageant uh, <laughs> mm. and I used it and it was a terrible time. Yeah, so we we see Annie going through this sort of these pariahs that are just trying to get money on her. So we notice her get some chub rub, which oh, relatable. I f- oof, oof, as a thick thighed girl. Oof. I don't know. I, I want to hear if you have any um, if you have any cures. My favorite is I'm obsessed with Mega Babe, um, mm. and that is a product that they make um, a a thigh chafe stick. You might think deodorant is doing the job. It's not. Nope. This is nope. great. It just like sits on top of your thighs. They rub together. I buy like three of those and it gets me through the summer and they're amazing. They also make a uh, bust dust product for your boob sweat. So um, mm. love Mega Babe. I'm not getting paid to promote this, but I should because I just love it. Yes. Yes, you should. Um, I, uh, I I can't do the boy shorts because they ride up on me. Okay. Mm. Like some people, mm, some people had an issue with uh, my current pant size, but Madame... <laughs> I, I do, I do, listen, this is a full turkey leg drumstick situation happening on my thighs, right? (laughs) 
So my favorite, I can't do the boy shorts. They ride up on me. I get a wedgie. I have a very large crevasse. Okay. I hate shower curtains, but my favorite preventative, but also semi-soothing measure, uh, a powder product called Sil- Silky Underwear from Lush Cosmetics. Mm, I'll keep an mm-hmm. eye on it. All right. We got two different, we got two different methods here. We got a powder. We got a deal. We got a, like a stick, you know, let's try them all. I'll try yours. Um, I'm a sweaty gal. So anyway, but yeah, I, oh, go ahead. related to that, I, um, I, I made a note that when it was nice of, of this woman to offer her band-aids to help with the chub rub. But my initial reaction is like anyone who's had chub rub knows that those band-aids are going to just slide right off as soon as those legs start walking. That is not a solution, but I appreciate you being a friend. She, she tried it. She tried. She did her best. So Janice, you tried it. <laughs> So this is when we meet uh, Waham superfan, Connie is her name, who is played by a woman named Mary Hollis Inboden, Inboden um, who looked super familiar to me, which is why I looked her up. She was on uh, Marriage Story, for those of you who watched that on Netflix. She played Ooh. the, um, she had like a couple of scenes as the, the person who was sort of liaising between the parents. Anyway, I was like, this woman looks super familiar. This is going to bother me. That's probably why you know her. Um, but I actually really loved her in this and, and her performance was really good and, and softened my like harsh Virgo energy a little bit. Um, what really bummed me out here, it, it, her character really made me sad because she says here that she spent to 11, um, mm-hmm. 11 of these. And she was talking about the reason it resonates with her so much is that she doesn't have access to this kind of feminism or this female empowerment like that wasn't a thing when she was brought up it wasn't something that was commonplace for her and so it's easy for people like me to like get caught up in our current environment and living in my massachusetts bubble where i'm like well this is bullshit feminism this doesn't matter and it's like well no there is there is value to this and there are people that this is helpful to because in the absence of anything else this feels like a godsend you know what i mean Mm. I just did the math on it. That she just invested thirty three hundred ass dollars into the. Whoa, that's a lot, and that's and that's what's and you know she spends more money while she's there, and it's like and that's that's ugh, that that's what makes me sad is you want there to be better options, and this is not this ain't it. Mm-hmm. So mm. we see Annie go into the main stage area for the keynote presentation. This moment gave me PTSD for many moments in my life when the woman gave oh, her yeah. a small T shirt. She was like, do you have anything bigger? And she goes, oh, well, we have a generous medium. It's huge. It's like a dress on me. And I just feel like I've had this conversation with skinny people so many times in my life where they like think they're being funny or relatable. And I'm like, do you hear what you're saying? You asshole. <laughs> yeah. I was watching on my laptop. I almost punched the screen, like try to try and get her face. No disrespect to the actor, but like you ever just want to punch the TV? Yes. This like, entire the, episode. The face on the, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that was that was super cringy. So we see Justine come out on stage uh, immediately. Like if I didn't already think she was the worst from the beginning, I'm just this whole thing is giving me uh, a stroke. Like I this, I <laughs> you know this person. She's like girl boss this, girl boss that. It's just it's it's pure selfish, selfish like bullshit in the mask of feminism, and it makes me so angry and sad. I liked that she set the tone by telling the story about how she got this woman fired. Mm. And I'm like waiting for the button, like the optimistic end of the story. And there just wasn't one. She was just like, and she's here today. Cool story, Justine. That's great. 
Um, no, she's just shitty. Yeah, it just, ugh, everything about, and then her shouting out random audience members, and then she gets to Annie, you work it, you fat bit, and I was just sitting there like, oh, this is raggedy as hell. That was real bad. That was, that, that was where my initial, like, bad feeling about the, the level of their conversation earlier, I was like, oh, this is, this is what I was, this is, she fully missed the message. She said, um... Annie looks amazing, even though it's hard to find clothes in her size. Work it, mm. fat bitch. And again, those are things that are okay for you to say in like an empowering or even just like a realistic way. Where it's like, yeah, their clothes are hard for me to find. But if you start chanting that like it's a rallying cry, and then the fat bitch editorializing of my like me being comfortable calling myself fat, no, 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 no. She took it way too far did not get it proves that she doesn't have a fundamental understanding of how these things work. <sighs> yeah. And I just, I'm really, mm. <laughs> it's, it's weird because this episode comes at a time where, I mean, you know, we all use the word bitch and sometimes you have to embellish on bit bitch. Right. But there are certain word like there are certain embellishments on bitch I mean that you know I've I've done it but there's been certain ones that have just been really upsetting as of late. So <laughs> so work it you fat bitch. Uh definitely uh, just <laughs> I I watched that and I sat up. I was like, "Oh god." I right? And then uh, and I think it's still fresh from the sting of um Snoop I won't I won't go into the context but um Snoop Dogg got on Instagram live in his silk, silk scarf and uh called a journalist a funky doghead bitch and I'm just <laughs> I don't know there's <laughs> there's been a struggle so I'm just hearing people embellish on bit I mean I've called people a raggedy bitch but deservedly so but like all this others surrounding this when it's it feels undue in a lot of contexts and it just feels like this is you made it weird congratulations right yeah this was painful this was really painful this shows a lack of understanding this shows like you're not allowed to throw those words around unless you understand what you're doing and she does not so before we move on from from this i just wanted Mm. to point out that we got a little bit more detail on connie here and she she stands up to to ask her or to, to sort of ask her question she's got the microphone Connie and Justine are on a first name basis, again, which is contributing to what you're saying about how she probably spent over $3,000 on tickets to this event. If if uh, Justine knows her name, I'm sure she's spending even more money on VIP tickets. She's like doing all this shit. She's like getting her meet and greets. Um, Connie tells her story about how she quit business school uh, to start a family and she had her daughter and really wanted something for herself and something outside of you know she she loves being a housewife but she wants you know to do something else and so she started her own business and this is where it gets hard right because mm. these events have been a source of inspiration for her and they've given her this amazing circle of support and i was thinking about it getting ready for this episode and i think that the same thing can be said for like not to be dramatic but like cults or like yes MLMs or like toxic sort of church-based scenarios. Like there's a lot of groups that people fall into that you can get a lot of benefit from it, but that doesn't make it 
good or not exploitative. So, like, I'm sure all of these, like, Joel Austin people, no offense to the Joel Austin people, are getting something from it. But it's like he's milking you for money, right? Like, the benefit isn't the goal. The money is the goal. The benefit is a, is a side effect. It's a good mm. side effect. But that's what makes it hard is it's like we've taken this – the feminism thing has been been hijacked in some ways um, yeah. for profit. Uh I'm not afraid to say it all disrespect to Jill Olstein. Uh the Lord is your shepherd on a private jet, huh? <laughs> I see you. Yeah, that's true. And that's the thing with with this woman too is is you know, she talks about getting someone fired so she could keep her position as like the one woman in the company. It's like right. you don't get to be um these all these things at the same time. You have to pick and choose. But it it made me sad that we don't have more spaces and more resources for people like Connie to get that community, to get that inspiration, to feel like mm -hmm. women can do, you know, that, that women specific inspiration. Um, so that, that, yeah. that hurt my heart a little bit. Yeah. And just the fact that she's a woman who experiences this kind of isolation in life mm. and isolation from other women who can uplift her. I don't know if that's one of the messed up side effects of motherhood and being a stay at home mom. Because, again, all disrespect to LuLaRoe, a lot of stay-at-home moms get roped into it because it's like a way to um, commune, in a sense, with other women. That's the thing with all of this stuff is it's they're preying on women. Like these MLMs, more often than not, it's women. Like it's it's they're all of these mm -hmm. things are going for the, the people in society who don't have as much choice. They don't have as much um, available to them by way of options. And so... That is who they're who is being targeted, and so I don't give a shit if you want to get like I don't want to like buy products or get Botox or do all this spend all this money on the stuff they're selling at these conferences. I buy it too. I love some of this. Sh I love a good ma face mask. I love fucking fifteen dollar bath bomb. Like that's I will totally do that shit. I am not trying to be hypoc hypocritical. It's the issue of when they are preying on people when they are vulnerable, and that is yes. and and it's people like Connie who doesn't have any frame of who doesn't have a great frame of reference for this stuff. She is the one who's getting preyed on. And that's what feels shitty is she is coming here to like grow and develop herself. And she is getting taken advantage of. Yeah, and, and the way a lot of these women get screwed because at the end of it all, what do you have left after these kinds of companies and this kind of uh, conference chews you up and spits you out? You've got $5,000 in debt and a garage full of, taco print leggings that you can't sell right like again all disrespect to lularoe i'm going in on them but today. i do I'm want really... taco print leggings if that's a thing slide into my dms that sounds delightful but seriously don't sell lularoe um so it just it's there's there's so much nuance to this and it really at the end of the day it does feel just like predatory that's the word that just kept coming into my head yes. is it just feels predatory hundred percent. Um, yeah. And again, I, I really appreciate you bringing up the point of how it, it, all of this is just, um, a way to pray and monetize insecurity in women because it's like, you're a boss babe, but also varicose veins. Exactly. We can fix that. You deserve self-care. Here's, you know, a bunch of shit that you don't need. So, you know, if you, anyway, it's, I, I, I completely agree. It's, it's, um, this was a tough one. This is a good one. So yeah. anyway, we leave. Uh, Annie goes back to her home. Fran and Emily are in the kitchen. She brings her big bag of uh, goodies, of mm. uh, 
the the marble vibrator which i was curious actually that one i was like all right i'm curious about that one i'm curious no i i feel like my obgyn would tell me don't do it i feel like there's some sanitary challenges there Nah, on my countertop, sure. In my vagine, not so much. What did she say? Oh, God, I didn't write down the Emily line, but she said something along the lines of like, you're going to blow off your clit with this thing or something, which I was like, yeah, this does feel like a safety hazard, to be honest. Mm. But we learn that Annie is going to meet up with her mom tomorrow to try to have a heart to heart. Um, The last time we saw the two of them together was at that really awkward dinner with Ryan, where there was a bit of a blow up about weight and food. So she was inspired by Fran's relationship with her mom and the the sort of the the come to Jesus conversation we had in the last episode. And so I thought that was a nice little tie in to um, to show that, hey, OK, we got an update. Fran and her mom are doing great. Things are good. And uh, now it's Annie's turn. Yeah, oh, but the tension is just still very much there. And there's a lot that Vera doesn't want to let go of i think there's still a side of vera that has yet to fully accept that her daughter is this whole autonomous adult yeah who who has a life of her own and makes her own decisions and also um has adult perspective on things so when she does some fuck shit like run off to vancouver (laughs) high as hell someone's gonna question her on it yeah it was an awkward scene so we see vera in the in the store and I thought this was interesting. They had her examining her crow's feet in the mirror and talking about how, With, oh, the serum's going to help me. It's literal snake oil. Literal snake oil. Yes, the snake oil is going to help me. I was like, <laughs> okay, a little heavy-handed with that, but okay, I like it. Uh, but also, why is Vera always in a Talbot's? Like, why... <laughs> why is that it's her, her personal setting? brand. Personal brand is strong with this one. But she she's looking at her crow's feet and it and in that moment it sort of is very clear to me that like she is another perfect example of the person that gets manipulated by these beauty companies and by all the wellness industry and all this shit. She's another perfect example of somebody who has been a, a sponge for all of that for the last 50 years. And so even when she's just having a nice time with her daughter shopping, she's still in the mirror, like pulling at her eyes, being like, oh, are my crow's feet going away? Like it is omnipresent in her life that she is not good enough. Like constantly, physically, she's picking everything apart. And so that was, I felt like that was a choice to start off the scene with her doing that. Mm. And it set the tone for her and Annie to have this very awkward discussion where Annie is trying to get through to her, try to have a frank, honest conversation with her mom. And her mom is just not, not having it. Yeah. I I just, I, I don't know if um, in season three, they're going to explore what's in Vera's head more, especially because um, she's a mom to a daughter, which is a, you know, it's an important dynamic to explore as well. And what she's passing down to her daughter from what she had internalized and learned from her generation and also a a wife who's dealing with um a, a sickly husband mm-hmm. right and how she's coping with all that like like what's her mental state because i think a lot of shows erase not so much ignore but i feel like actively erase the um the the story the internal monologue of a lot of women of a certain age if you will that's a really good point and i feel like they've already even we don't know what's going on in her head but it's obvious that there is something happening and i think there's a lot more than is on the surface 
And even by giving us that glimpse, it's more than we normally see from a woman in that demographic. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there is something here that we're going to see later on in the season. Again, we have Tookie and I haven't gone ahead and watched all the episodes. We're doing these one at a time. Um, I, I, I I hope that it's something that they're going to address. We don't really know why she went to Vancouver. We don't really know why even just this, the conversation with the two of them in the store was very awkward. And it was, Mm. Annie is like, I'm, I'm I'm trying to talk to you. And she's going, well, I, I, I'm talking to you right now. And that feels very, there's like this lack of warmth. There's this like mother daughter connection that's not happening. And it it feels like something is happening under the surface. So I'll be curious Mm. to see if they... If they tackle this this season, I bet you they will because last season ended with her leaving to go to Vancouver. So I can't imagine it's we're going to go a whole season and not really know what's happening with her. Um, the loose the the thread is very loose. It's very here. loose. Um, so. They bump into their neighbor who tells a very funny story about her son ramming her in the rear, um, which also her I- son who's still a virgin. Hey, uh, you're not a virgin if you've had sex with your mom. Anyway, uh, I felt like the 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 laughter there was very relatable to me. I felt like I had there had this sweet moment where the two of them are just like cracking up. And I felt like, oh, that's a moment like I would have with my mom. Like, I felt like a very sweet, authentic thing where you just like are just having a blast with your mom. And I was like, okay. And she said, Vera says to Annie, I, I don't laugh with anyone like I laugh with you. And that was like the one moment of authenticity we've seen between the two of them, I think all season of this like actual affection for each other. And so it gave me hope that, okay, maybe we're starting to get position ourselves for an arc here where we're going to get them back in a better place. But I'm really still mad at that Willie Nelson joke. That's gross. I loved that Willie Nelson joke. That was so yeah. gross. What's the last I... thing you want to hear after giving Willie Nelson a blowjob? I'm not Willie Nelson. <laughs> See, I pictured it and now I'm sad. That's that's what upset me. If it was I'm a, a very... story, it would be very yeah. sad. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, but I'm I'm a very like um picture it in the brain person, so I just got I know I've sad. got like sense I've got senses happening. I'm like smelling and um, like textures mm. and I just don't no. Anyway. Just gonna Fun leave fact, it. Willie Nelson is now too old to smoke weed. According to his physician. That's a yeah. What about edibles? I don't know. Tinctures? I don't know. I'm like very concerned. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. There's got to be another option here. Also, I didn't I know, know there was a cutoff age for this. Apparently. <sighs> These are things I need to research before I get old. Anyway, um, <laughs> legal in Massachusetts. So uh, we go back to the office. Um, Amadi is firing his first employee. That's just a, a goes about as well as you expect. Amadi is, again, as we said the last couple of episodes, I do not think this management scenario is going to last for him. He is not cut out for this kind of shit. Yeah, it takes a special kind of personality to be like, uh, here are your walking papers, right? And not feel something. Exactly. So I, I want to spend more time, though, talking about this scene between Annie and Gabe, because I thought mm. this was such a good button on the episode. Um I like the one quote. Uh, he starts out by saying, you wrote the word she-e-o without any irony or commentary. And I was like, that's she-e-o. That hurts mm. my heart. If I never have to hear the phrase girl boss or like mm. any of that shit ever again, I will be thrilled. If I can go my whole life without having to see that garbage basic bitch cur- cursive font everywhere, 
that you see on the placards, live, laugh, love. Mm. I can't. It's a puking noise. Exactly. Um, exactly. We see him, though, at, we see Gabe for the first time. Actually, he's keeping up his end of the bargain to, to be a mentor to her. And that's what he said when, when he offered or when she asked for her the job back was he wants to be an actual mentor. And we see him actually doing that. And I want to get into some of the specifics of the, the points they made because I think they were really good. But broadly, for Gabe, this is the first time that I've seen him how he sees himself, right? So this mm. whole series, he's been saying, I'm a feminist. I'm this. I'm that. I'm woke. I, I get women. I, I invented feminism in the 90s. I uh, invented ketamine. Uh, <laughs> yes. I was like, okay, you're just the worst. But now seeing him have this really interesting nuanced discussion with her and encouraging her to explore this, I was like, all right, we're getting to see some Gabe, some like actual good Gabe and this is why he's been so successful in the industry is because there is some actual like goodness to him and so I very much liked this scene I've I'm appreciating this evolutionary arc with Gabe um it's just not so much the evolution of his hair <laughs> style style department please but also I, I mean yes yes we're leaning into the character character but but please uh but I appreciate that Gabe focus is now on Annie's mind and her writing and her approach to writing versus her body. It's very true. Like, I think he learned a lesson. I'm, I'm starting to think he learned a lesson and not like Susan Collins says that Don, Donald Trump learned a lesson, but like actually oh, learned God. a lesson about I live in Maine. This is very personal for me. I'm from Maine. This is very personal to my heart. Anyway, I think he actually learned he he got an understanding of why what he was doing was wrong. I don't think he's perfect now. I think he's going to still probably stumble and and has some of that toxic energy still. But he is he's seeing her for her. And as we're talking, I'm realizing maybe this is also partially because Amadi is now running the business. He actually has the space to be an an editor and a, de a developer of this talent and develop these of these people a, a creative nudger if you will also side note am i a bad person if see i don't i don't wish death on other people but like am i a bad person if i wish that every morning when susan collins wakes up and steps out of bed she steps barefoot directly onto a lego does that make me a bad human no because i feel the same way tucky Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm a former I'm a former moderate from Maine. I just, my heart is broken by her every day of my damn life. Ugh. Um anyway, guys again, we're recording these ahead of time. It's probably Oh, Susan Collins will have done something else very stupid by the time this comes out, I assure you. Um, she's ra She's a whatever. See, I I will embellish bitch here because she's raggedy. She's she's, she's a raggedy bitch. Whatever she did 3 weeks from now, she's been a raggedy bitch. Anyway, so let's get into speaking of our strong feminist selves. Uh, let's a couple of the points they brought up. I thought were fantastic and articulated this issue much better than I could. So basically, one of their first points is uh, Annie says men don't need to constantly be told that they're powerful because they are in power. We are just trying to convince ourselves that we're powerful. And I was like, Ugh. yes, like that is the whole notion. And that that crystallized so much for me about the notion of this like rah rah feminism, like we're so powerful. Is it's like it is because we don't have we're coming from a less powerful place, and so it makes the whole thing seem very infantilizing. And I just mm -hmm. was like, yes, I felt that. I thought, oh, that was a word. That was really a word. Mm -hmm. I also like that she called out. It's way worse for women who do not have the means to quote you know buy buy all these expensive moisturizers and stuff, but. 
her larger point is it is not that is not inclusive in any way shape or form like it's empowering for white women with money mm-hmm. but that's it mm-hmm. for, there's no intersection in that feminism exactly i mean and sit primarily like cis white women in in uh you know with money um you know they talk about how it is that gabe asks is it a con and they're like yeah it is a con like this is a they're conning these people but people do get something out of it they talk about how it's monetizing feminism gabe says something um each insecurity is a new opportunity to make money and i thought Mm -hmm. that was great too because again like i have no issues if you want to buy if you want to get you know botox or you know i get my brows down we all like spend money on beauty whatever but when they are when people are specifically trying to target you and target your insecurities that's what's fucked up it's really, it, yeah, like, again, I'm just thinking back to those moments of, of making a buck off of what you pitch to the consumer, if you will, as what's wrong with them. It's like when I get my eyebrows threaded and, 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 and what's her face? Freaking, what's her face? Bonnie? No. <laughs> but like, it, no. You just saw her Can't. today. Get it together. I did. Well, she doesn't listen what's to her she doesn't uh she's she can't sit with us what's her name tamra it's like when i get my eyebrows done and tamra's like mustache too and i'm like listen <laughs> that's exactly what that is she is being she's preying on you yes i'm like i tip 20 percent standard no i don't want my mustache done leave me alone that's hurtful i'm sorry that happened to you clearly this is a fresh wound this is, uh, you know what? My Portuguese DNA dictates such that I have a little fur on my upper lip, okay? It is what it is. Mediterraneans are hairy people, especially if they're Sephardi. All disrespect to my dad's side of the family for the excess fur that I have. Aww. But but, but you get what I'm saying, yeah. where it's like you go in for one thing and then somebody's like, hmm, but this other. Yeah, they're trying <laughs> to upsell you through vulnerability and hurtfulness. Uh, so... There was a moment where Annie goes on this rant and they're talking about insecurity and how this is they're they're preying on these people. And Gabe just sort of takes a beat and just says, it's sad in like this very sincere, genuine way where I was like, oh, my God, again, like this is this is the Gabe that's the feminist. This is the Gabe that gets it. Like, oh, my God, mm. we're finally seeing him. And it's like it's actually thrilling because I just I love John Cameron Mitchell and I love this character. And so I'm thrilled to get like a little something to hold on to here. And then Annie brings up her abortion and she talks to him about how she saw that as self-care because it was prioritizing herself and how, you know, she wasn't going to do something to, to make everybody else happy, but she needed to put her life first. And the way that he heard her in that validated her in that and became very, he like softened himself very quickly and was just immediately like, thank you for telling me that. And, um, and I think that that's, you know, really important. And if you want to talk about it, you should. And the way, and he just, Mm. his whole persona shifted in a way that I felt like was just a really beautiful moment between those two. There was compassion in his eyes. Again, oh, such good acting. I've been shitting on the character You hate him so much. I do, I do. But the, I mean. It was so good, wasn't it? It was so good. I loved it. And like, I'm very pro, not my kid, not my business, right? Mm. But yeah, in, in that sense, I, I do see it as self-care and care for another generation. Because if you know you're in a position 
where Ryan is the child's father and you just, you, and you can't provide and you're not in a space. Why put another human being who didn't ask to be here through that? Right. So it is taking care of yourself because then it puts you in a position where there's this whole person dependent on you and you, you, you can't, sometimes you just can't. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a mental health thing. Very much so. But be, and you know, I, I look at it through one lens. I'm, I'm not here to tell anybody else who's, it, whether they're right or wrong about it. Cause we can eat, we're each entitled to our own viewpoint regarding it, but it's like, it's such a polarizing thing. And it's such a stigmatized thing, especially because it is a matter of a woman taking control of her body and how it functions right right so that that's part of why it's such a spicy issue and why people get so violently mad because it's like this is a woman making a not a choice but a choice right mm. we we talk about tone here this is you know um so yeah so it has turned into an issue of self-care rather than a medical like a, a strictly medical thing because like you have to care for your emotional and mental state after that too and care for yourself in the fact that like uh you know you you wrestle with the decision of what if on either side i thought it was a really good way to it sort of brought it back to this idea of monetizing self-care and self-care isn't a consumer thing it's not something mm. you can buy self-care is prioritizing yourself putting yourself first doing what you have to do in your own life um and it's so much broader than what these these messages are that we're getting from this type of a conference so mm -hmm. i'm glad that he sort of pushed her to talk about that in a way that she clearly was very receptive to it it wasn't like a, a pressure situation um and clearly this conversation hit home with annie like she left the room and she was positively gleeful uh, mm -hmm. and it was just a really sweet, and she was like, I feel like we had a connection. Like I, it was just really, it was sweet, sweet to watch. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean to sound like super duper, like trans exclusive or cis centric here, but again, self care, uh, is about how I take care of my vagina rather than buying a candle from the goop that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. All disrespect to the goop. I don't need that. No, I, I know. I, I haven't watched the goop show, so I can't talk. But I do know, you know, I'm generally familiar with goop. And this did have, like, major goop vibes this whole episode. So mm -hmm. I was I was very much feeling that. So Annie leaves the office. Uh, she leaves, excuse me, she leaves Gabe's office. And Ryan is there, which is horrible. Yeah. Ryan's going to be a distro guy. I screamed. I actually, like, I, I think my neighbors heard. I was uh, like, Amadi, why would you do this? Amadi, why wouldn't you have, like, just texted her and be like, yo, are you okay if I hire your boyfriend who's, like, very clearly a piece of shit? No, I think I let out, like, a guttural, what's the word? When you, 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 ululate? I don't know English. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it was a very guttural noise that I'm pretty sure uh, my neighbor with the adjoining wall heard and was concerned about. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, I so, hated that. And so I'm I'm thrilled to see what um, hijinks that's going to bring. Uh, it's interesting to see him interacting with the distro guys. It seems like they're bringing out his true self. Um, mm -hmm. I loved the moment where they sort of, Edie and Ryan hugged and, and sort of kissed briefly in the office. 
And the the lead distro guy, Connor O'Malley, a.k.a. A.D. Bryant's real life husband, shouts at them, not in the office, get a room, uh, and Ugh. kept yelling at them the whole time they were touching. And I was like, <laughs> that's a fun little, that's a fun little Easter egg. That's your husband. <laughs> like, like, honestly, Amadi, that wasn't a choice. That was a choice. That was a choice. Like, that is... That is the employment version of Annie's blouse right, like, <laughs> at, at the conference. <laughs> what use is it having your best friend be the boss if he's going to do things like hire your dumbass boyfriend? Is this revenge for the pony show from season oh one? Oh my God. Uh, that's funny. I think this <laughs> is revenge. Um, <laughs> so that is how we wrapped up the episode. Uh, we finally, we got some Lizzo to take us out which i loved um a little because i love you at the end of this episode which mm. always gets me hyped um and then last thing i want to mention is natasha leone directed this episode who is yeah, she did so fucking incredible and i'm like as when as soon as i saw her name pop up at the end i was like oh that makes sense like i feel like she has such a sharp view on these types of issues and um i just think she's amazing we appreciate your voice, Natasha. So, Togi, we are at almost an hour. I think this is our longest podcast to date. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what? There's so much to dive into in this episode. They oh, they they covered so much within the short span of time, the runtime. I know it of was, this episode. This was one of the most, at least for me, like like there was so mm -hmm. much layer, like so much nuanced shit on this. Um, and, and if you're a female identifying person who's been marketed to, it hits home. It's true. It's true. So. You know, think critically about what you're buying and don't just accept that because someone says you need something that you do because you're perfect just the way you are. And then whatever you want to do on top of that is great. I'm my perfect. mustache is perfect the way it is. Exactly. I'm perfect, but I still like to get rid of my unibrow. That's, it's, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's, that's me. So, um, I hope we, I hope we handled this well. Sometimes I leave these episodes and I'm like, I hope we, you know, we're, we're, mm -hmm. you know, assume positive intent with us. We're doing our best to sort of speak as best as we can from our own experiences, but we're also two like really beautiful dumbasses. So, um, <laughs> if we say something that's like fucked up, tell us, um, you know, feel free to shoot us an email and nicely tell us nicely. Don't send us mean emails that happens sometimes and it's hurts our feelings. Um, but I'm still salty. Toogie's still really hurt from last season. Um, but, but so t to that point, um, we would love to hear from you. If you have thoughts on this stuff, shoot us an email at loudwomenpod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at loudwomenpod. Uh, and I am on social media at hi, this is Marissa. And Tookie's got some great rants over at uh, Tookie Monster. Oh, oh, Lord. Lord, why do you do this to our listeners? Listen, follow at your own risk. Um, just know that everything I tweet comes from a place of love and mostly concern for the downfall of our society. <laughs> uh, yeah, at, at T-O-O-K-Y Monster. Oi. Oh, yeah. follow with caution. Follow with caution. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you next week about episode, what are we on? Seven now next seven, week? Seven. Yes. Seven. And that's last two episodes, guys. This is wild. This has been such a good season, but I love breaking it down with you, bud. All right. I love it, too. I, lo oh, I love seeing your face and getting to chat. Ugh, I love wine, you. Wine and, wine and conversation. I love it. I love you. I love our listeners. And thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.